Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Can't get into it. Go Bears! Go Bears! Go Bears! Go Bears! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome! I feel like somebody stole my lunch money. Week three, Monday Night Football, oh, and man. it was the Bears against the Jets, man. I, I mean, and go obviously ahead. everyone knows Steph Z is a huge Jets fan. Yep. It's almost like it's she almost said, yep. like we're given a disease when we're born. If our parents are like, yeah, root for the Jets, because it's always like this. It like it really. It's always like a nail biting game. Oh, but yet, it's almost like crazy. Like it really is crazy because it's this. Like every time, I think the result's going to be different, and it's the same shit every and game. You know almost. what the. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? Right. Doing oh the same thing gosh. and expecting really a different result. I said it. Yes. I, I said it. I, your host, Christina Kaplan, just said that the right. Jets and Steph are insane. Yeah, that would be me, Steph Z. Who else? Thanks. Yes, besides Steph D- Z. Let's go call you D. Oh, my gosh. You guys are out of control right now. <laughs> well, would you pay yeah, attention to us and not be on yeah, your phone? Yeah, who's no, the other I'm one actually, who's actually just pull- no, chilling on his phone every show? I'm actually pulling out our records, ladies and gentlemen, because we decided to go ahead and keep tally of who was picking what teams for per week. So... I'm only going to lose the ones that the Jets are playing because I'm going to bet for the Jets every week. And okay, we're going to talk about Monday Night Football, though. Okay, so Steph Z... Right, but no, you right. also lost last week when you did not choose the Eagles. Oh, snap. She did. I'm She's the right. only so one. So you're one and two right now. I'm the only one that's Just two like and one. The Jets. No, we, you and I are both two and one. You didn't choose the Eagles? You didn't. What do you mean I didn't choose the Eagles? You did not choose. Wait, who they play? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Here comes the hate. The... I don't even know, man. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, wait, it's wait, a late wait. night. No, I know I was the only one that chose the Eagles, and everyone thought it. They played the Colts, remember? Yeah. Falcon, it was Falcons, Jaguars, Eagles, Colts, and uh, Chargers, Cardinals. Okay, so, but the week one, I chose the winning team. Yeah, so and you're... I, and I chose the winning team this week, so that's two and one. Oh, you chose the Bears. Oh, I thought yeah. you chose the Jets. I don't no. know why. No, I, I said I wanted myself. to choose the Jets because I had a feeling. I, I had a feeling that they might win because I, I want to root for the underdog. But I have to go with the Bears. That's what I said. Well, so I did go with the Bears. So I'm two and one. All right. Steph Z is one and two, and you and I are both two and one. I am two and one as well. And the um, Bears won twenty-seven to nineteen tonight. It was there were glimmers of hope for the Jets. They're I thought a couple up. of times. I'm like. Okay, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. Like, is, are they really gonna come back? They. It's always <sighs> like this. And I just wanna make a disclaimer, cause I know some of our fans like to write us about stuff and our statistics and whatever. We watch the game, we record right away. Sometimes we're off, but it's, it's the love and the passion that we like to talk about here too. So, uh, the, I just don't wanna be accused of being a sore loser, because I'm cool what we lost, but like for me, it like some of the points about the Jets, it's so true. Like we gave away this ball. Like we didn't lose to the Bears. We lost to the Jets. And that happens time after time after time. And again, it's not me being a sore loser. It's what happens. It's we throw interceptions and we have fumbles. And then there's always these calls that are like so close. I mean, like the Cutler fumble. You know what I mean? It's like we pick it up yes. and run it in for a touchdown, but there's a whistle. Last time there was a timeout and there's a whistle we get pass interference at the one yard line when it was up you know what i mean like clear calls right. tend to not go in the jets favor right. it's like a curse it's like who did we trade to get this curse right i mean you can kind of almost argue that not i'm not saying that it doesn't happen a lot to the jets but every team they're they're increasingly more bad calls 
being called. And I really don't like. I think just from the top down, I just think like there's a bad energy with the Jets because Michael Vick is wearing number one and not number seven. That's you know just me. I think Michael Vick is even. You know, a lot of people might say, you know, Michael Vick has never won a Super Bowl. He hasn't. He's not fitting of to be able to just hold a number. I think that he is based on his impact on the league and he's been his Pro Bowl three and, times. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's an outstanding and. I think he's just an outstanding marquee player, and he always has been. And maybe he hasn't lived up to all the expectations of what was expected to him when he came from Virginia Tech. But so what? He still has performed, and he's still one of the most exciting electrifying players to watch. Now, that being said, I think he should be wearing number seven and not number one. You know what? Honestly, I don't give a shit what number he's wearing. I think the boy should see some playing time to see if he can connect some passes. <laughs> right. If he can get some first downs, he should keep that number one. Okay, so let me ask you this then. Do you think after tonight's performance, Geno Smith clearly no, looked Rex is horrible? Play him. You, you don't think Vic. you don't? You, no, he's not. That is the same. Do you see how many times he played Sanchez time after time after time? Do you see the tattoo that he has on his arm of like his wife in a Sanchez jersey? He is married to his quarterbacks time after time after time. Even a press conference after the show, he was saying he's like things need to get better, and if we can execute in the red zone and things can get better, then we wouldn't even have be having the conversation because what was asked is Michael Vick going to start next week? That's always and. and and Rex is like, we're going to build this guy. Yeah, but I, how many, I would love how, to see Vic play. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Vic start from the beginning, give him a start, just see what he can do because he's a veteran quarterback. He's smart. And as much faith as I have in Gino, and on the offseason, Gino did so much work studying the film, and he got a lot smarter. Vic still has – there's a presence about him that I think – is more for the team will feel a little bit more secure, which I feel like is what's lacking in the Jets right now. Hmm. Okay, I can agree with that. I think that Vic is going to get a shot, and if he gets that shot, he's going to take his number back. <laughs> but not even with that. The thing, the thing that sucks though is that no, the but he's Jets take the position. The Jets. I hope, and this, this follow me here. I hope if Michael Vick starts, that he does so good. It's like a Kaepernick. He does so good and he just takes over. Because what it's going to do to Gino's confidence, which clearly Gino doesn't have right now because he's making silly plays and he's not consistent, right. is that it's going to mess with his head game. Just like San- what happened to Sanchez when they brought in Tebow. Just yes. like, you know what I mean? It's going to mess with his head game and his confidence is not going to grow. So I think either Rex needs to just stick with Gino and we have a season that we're like, okay, we're just going to lose some games and it's going to be terrible, but we have faith that this is going to be our franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or pull the plug and let's bail. Well, it's funny is that you mentioned that, just talking about confidence, because I think if you would have had and displayed some confidence and exercised some of that confidence slash arrogance, I know you know, some of those con- some of some conviction on some on some plays, then he would have been able to keep his team in the game. There was just some times when um they had opportunities and they were just missed. And I don't want to say this Obviously, it was it was them as a unit. It obviously, just wasn't Gino. I mean, we're, Gino's of course, passes were terrible. You can just go ahead. and say Yeah, it. I mean, he he did. <laughs> it yeah, was he, pretty he, bad. He did, but you got to remember there were some drop passes as well. Right, right, there, right. There were times when it just wasn't Nelson him. Nelson couldn't catch the ball. Exactly. There were there were times when you know guys, and then they had to go to the rollout. You know, he was getting pressured. Um, but those, but those, they, and they had to, he had to roll out. So they actually, you know, actually call plays that were rollout plays that were just designed for him to to roll out. So knowing he, he would have to, yeah. Right. So he would, you know, he wouldn't have to endure that pressure. So let me ask you a question then, because you guys are going off on it Sorry. right now. Let me ask you a distinct question. Yes. So basically, Curly was the only one that really did any kind of <clears throat> production on the offense tonight. Does it fall on Geno, or do you think the Jets' offense is just that bad? I think it falls on the play calling, number one. I mean, how many times was there a conversation before this game that the Bears can't stop the run game? We have a strong run game. We got Chris Johnson. We got Ivory. We've got Powell. Like, there's people that can run the ball. We did not have... Like, Ivory had a few good runs. Prior to... I'll tell you a league rank. Prior to this game, they were first in rushing. 
the Jets were yes. ranked number one in rushing. Yes. And they had zero run game tonight. Chris Ivory was the only one that really he had a had couple, a couple runs. runs yeah. But Chris Johnson did nothing. No, he got and like a little dumb the, pass. But then the, the Bears secondary is so depleted that it's like, well, how were they able to still stop their run game with you know, their defense is lacking their roster, as well. They like picked out of a hat. Like those guys have never yeah. played together. But they they had half their roster missing the Bears. The yeah. fact that we didn't try and capitalize on that and have confidence in the thing that's working for us because Gino wasn't consistent last week either. He had some interceptions. You know what I mean? So it's just like, why are we not? going with what works. I feel like there should have been a lot more of a run game. Well, not only that, in the very first minute of the game, he threw an interception. And it never really got better from there. Might so, have been the second minute. Do you guys have we the have- running stats? It, from, like, from, it, just, it seemed like to me that they tried to establish establish the run, but it seemed like the Bears were like on top of them. Yeah, Chris Ivory had run. 10 carries for 44 yards. Exactly. CJ I mean, had 10 carries for 34 yards. Okay, so you're looking at a 3.4 and a 4.4 yard average, which is not bad. It's, it's average in the NFL. But at the same time, uh, I think it. I think that the times that they chose to call those plays, it was more of like a not a question of what, but how. So at the time, it, you know, a lot of plays are about timing, and I just don't think that a lot of the plays that they called were like necessarily on point with the time that they should have called those plays. It's like, uh. right? It was bad timing, and I think too, it was bad confidence building in some of those key play situations, like those third downs that you need, instead of going for the pass where clearly there's not consistency, like try the run. You know what I mean? That's right. that's what I'm saying. And again, whatever. I'm sure everyone has their own opinion about that. And, but Everybody's going to have an opinion. It's just, for me, it's just... <laughs> I don't understand what they're trying to do. And right. it's like you get excited because you got this new guy coming in and, you know, we're always we're pretty much always good with our D. You know what I mean? Not that it's it used to be better, but it's still we're we're good on defense. So it's like the offense is kind of always what's falling apart somewhere. I think for me, I think the Jets would perform way better if they opened up their offense and it was it was less traditional and they opened up their offense to a more of like like uh old school Rams type of offense, like you know, you got a guy like Chris Johnson, like throw this guy like out there as a flanker and like you know run some screens or something. He runs like a f- crazy, he's fast as shit. Like he yeah. runs like a four two forty. Like do mix it up. Like I don't feel like they're mixing right. it up based on what they what they have for their personnel. Like I feel if they mixed it up more with their personnel, that they'd be more productive. If they can use more looks than what they have. I just feel like they're not doing that. They're trying to run a traditional offense with non traditional personnel. Well, but that's and that's the thing too. If you think about that versus their defense, like how many different ways did they blitz today? Right. You know what I mean, like like every single which way they were collapsing on the quarterback. You know, and it's like they've got all this creativity or imagination which I think comes from confidence with yeah. their defense which they don't have for their offense but maybe they need to like go big or go home and think that maybe if they give that same tools and and plays you know what I mean to the yeah. offense and yeah. of course they have plays not that they don't have plays but you know what I mean like if they start really going for it I mean like look at our first game against the Raiders, it's like we kind of had balls. We were going for plays. Even last time, we were going for fourth and four. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this well, that game, was, was the like, whole question coming into this game is which Geno Smith are we going to see, the one from week one or week two? And the Jets were in the red zone seven times tonight, capitalized once. So I think, honestly, it you if you don't have a strong quarterback, Jay Cutler and the Bears is a perfect example. He played with confidence tonight. He showed his veteran, you know, he's a veteran quarterback. He's got the experience. He played with confidence in his team and his players. And Geno Smith regressed. He's regressed. regressed. And And I think they need to give, they need to put Vic in there and give him another chance because they're not, they're not going to win with Geno Smith playing this way. Smith can learn from a guy like Vic. He needs a reality check. Yeah. 
Well, definitely he, learn from a, a veteran like him. Even too, when you talk about Jay Cutler, it's like Jay Cutler this year has a new offensive coordinator as well. So he had to learn new plays. He had to re like utilize what his talents were in different ways. And he's going with that because he is, he's always a good quarterback, but he wasn't like in the same like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. And he's slowly but steadily like kind of moving up as like, wow, this guy's got it together. Premier, but his, QB, yeah, his yeah. style has changed a little bit because he is a vet and he has the confidence. So now he can adapt. So even if the Talk about Jay Cutler, yeah, yeah. And here's another thing about Jay Cutler, and it's not just all about him because you got to give props to his line. I'm sitting nice. here looking at this guy, and I'm like, his line is giving him like time to throw the ball, and he's getting these these pockets where he's able to drop back and step up into the pocket like a standard quarterback is coached to do, and that is the optimal situation that any quarterback is. You know, looking for. I think he was wait was sacked maybe once or twice during the whole game. Yeah, um, at least once. I think I think he was sacked like maybe once during yeah. the whole game. But the, you know, for the majority of the game, he was he was given an opportunity to like throw the ball, and then he he has some targets. You know, he has well, some targets to throw to this guy. So it's not like you know, if you give him the kind of time that that's why I say a lot of things start like everything. The winning and losing starts right in 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 the dirt, like between. The tackles between the line and the off the defensive line, the offensive line. If you have a guy, if you have a, a line that could actually protect, and then you could form that pocket, give a quarterback time, and you and that quarterback, he could be a freaking average quarterback and have some good targets that run half decent routes. I mean, there were some times that he was throwing passes, just he was just throwing passes up there, and then Jeffrey and those guys were just just jumping up and just grabbing them out of the air. They were covered. But they were just there's big they're big guys. Right. So, you know, you you look at a situation like that, it's like, oh dude, you have to have an exemplary like yeah. defense to like cover that. Because you got guys that are like six three, six four that are receivers. Then you got your quarterback who has time to sit in a pocket and throw at least enough time just to get the ball off. But they did. Okay. The Jets did. The Jets held them. Like, RD played pretty well. I mean, got it. They won and scored more points. But, but they, it could but, have been a lot worse. But you also have to look at, did they hold them? Or was it big? Because there's, there's a difference between losing a game and winning a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have a team that the Jets actually... lost. The Bears didn't win. I mean... Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like you, clearly the exactly. Bears won. So you, so you understand I mean, clearly so the Bears won, but so it wasn't... I, I know exactly what you're okay, saying. Okay, so it's like, was... Well, did the Bears, like, beat the Jets, or did the Jets lose the game? That's, that's the d- d- determination that you have to make. The Jets lost the, the Jets game. Lost they had right. plenty of opportunities, yeah. especially at the end of that game. They should have scored. Okay, this is, as far as I'm concerned, scored. as far as I'm concerned, I think there's a, a, a there's a balance of both because you know the Bears did their part and the Bears could have actually performed better, but at the same time the Jets could have performed better. So to me, there was the the Bears won the game somewhat and the Jets lost the game somewhat because you saw how the game was somewhat close. It, they had a they you know the the Bears were up on the Jets fourteen and nothing and then they allowed the right, but the Bears the were up to on come the Jets and fourteen start to nothing because it was a pick six and then we fumbled the. Kick the punt, the kickoff. It wasn't like Jay Cutler took him down the field strong no, from right. both opening. No, you're you know right. what I mean? No, like no, we literally right. the second play of the game, Gio threw a pick six. Yeah, and then, right. then when they kicked it back off to us, the rookie fumbled the ball, and no, they had I the agree. ball on like the twenty yard line. You're so right. it's like it's not like they. It'd be different if they came out like how we came out against the Packers last weekend. You know, we came out strong and we got points and we were up twenty one six or twenty one three, then twenty one six or. And then they came back and won the game. You know what I mean? Like, we got those points to put ourselves and give us that lead. We were like, here you go. You want a touchdown? Here's a pick six. Oh, right. wait. You want another one? Let me drop the ball. Well, traditionally in football. No, so we lost. Traditionally, okay. They just lost that game. Traditionally in football, you want to establish the run, right, to set up the pass. What do you feel the Jets could do better as far as establishing that? You gotta. They've got a backfield. It's not like they, these guys have, have, they have a talented backfield. Uh, our our line is a little bit weak, I think. Okay. Our offensive line. I mean, I feel like, but they were able to contain Jared Allen for the majority of the night. They were, but in that there was other people, and I feel like for me, this is just my opinion. But for me, if it could be like Gino needs that extra time right now, you know, this isn't an ideal world. Like in, in a regular world, if you're telling me clap my fingers, what could I do? One thing to make the Jets better: get me a new quarterback. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, the offensive line. It, there's so much pressure on Gino, and he's not veteran enough to know. Like, sometimes you just throw the ball away. 
you don't take a 20-yard loss. Yeah, like he did that. You know I think I mean? they like were in the red zone that one time. Yeah, and like then there's he, just certain that things was first that half, he, I think. it's not, to him, he's still like seeing what's going on and reacting to what's going on rather than a reflex of like, this is happening, let me get out. Right. You know well, what I mean? Like he's not there yet. Right. If you listen to Ray Lewis in the post game, yeah, you know. nice green outfit. Yeah, no, he looked great. But he was saying <laughs> that the Jets and Geno look like they're just improvising out there, whereas the Bears look they like have they have a plan in the huddle. They know what play is going on. They know what to do. Right. And Gino's right. just kind of like flailing around deciding at the last right. minute, which obviously is not working for him. Right. Especially because he's not a veteran, so maybe what he's thinking last minute to call, he missed something out there because he's not used to seeing it as much as someone like Jay Cutler. Well, you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So it's like kind of like if they don't have something that's solid and they're just kind of out there winging it based on what the Bears are showing them and they didn't really respond in the second half, it's kind of like you guys aren't playing to win this game. No, there's no intensity too. it's, It's like you guys are out there playing just not to get beat that badly. Yeah. Not to, you're not out there to win. You're out there just so you don't look that bad getting beat. But even when we were like, there was like less than two minutes left and it's like there's no hustle. It's like, okay, here we go. Like, Gino needs to, like, command, like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to make this work. You know what I mean? And he does sometimes. He's just inconsistent. Sometimes he really does. Because sometimes he steps up and you're like, okay, he's got this. He's going in there. He's playing with conviction. You can see he's leading the team. And then other times you feel like he's, like, he's like, oh, okay, what do I do? What are we doing? And you're like, okay, dude, like, you can't come in one series and just be like, okay, we're going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And then your whole aura on, on the following series is like, okay, help me. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> just look, he just looks like a rookie. Like, like a, right. Yeah. What is he, like second, third year? It's his second year. It's his second year. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's still learning. And, you, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve. But I, I'm not sure if he's, I mean, is he, he, is he ready to start to s- and lead an NFL team? Yeah. Like, is he ready to start and lead well, an NFL team? Well, he wasn't ready. Like, he wasn't set to start last year. Sanchez got hurt in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Right. So that's where he took over. It was never like, okay, we're going to do, like, we're going to trade Sanchez because, you know, Gino's ready to play and he's our guy. Like, it didn't happen. Yeah. Right, but have you guys seen... Did you watch anything um, of Blake Bortles and Teddy Bridgewater's debuts this weekend? Because both both of them looked a lot better than Geno Smith did tonight. Oh, so many rookies do. Look at Andrew Luck. Was this his third year? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, look at Kaepernick. Look at Wilson. Like all these guys. No, but I'm saying these guys. This is their very first year yeah, in the NFL, rookies. and they look way better than him. Blake Bortles comes out. He is the sh- crappiest team in the league. He right. comes out and he looks confident. That's the main thing that I feel like when you're watching a quarterback and they if they have no confidence in themselves or in their team, you can see that. I'm sure, I'm sure the defenses can see that. And they're going to keep pushing on you and keep pushing right. on you. And either you step up and you, you know, create the plays or you fold under pressure like obviously he did tonight. Right. So, it's just very sad. I know you want to talk about. I know you want to talk about the Jets all night long, Steph. I do. But you were saying earlier how Jay Cutler maybe not is in the caliber with uh, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. But right now in the NFL, he and Andrew Luck are tied with the most red zone pass touchdowns with eight so far this season. Peyton Manning's got like six since he's got the new offensive coordinator. That's right. So, so my question for you guys is. What you've seen of Jay Cutler in these last couple of games, mainly tonight, what is your outlook for the season for him? Do you think he is going to continue this? Like, I thought he played really well tonight. There's obviously always room for improvement. Right. But I thought his performance tonight was good. He did well. He played with conviction, and he executed. Um, you know, he's. I think that he did the best with the personnel that he has. He definitely had some time to throw the ball. I think that, you know, the Jets could have – the Jets were not very good at getting pressure on him. I don't think that's a, a – I, I think that's not a tribute to the Bears. I think that's a knock on the Jets. Um, Easy. I th- yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think the Jets could – I know they could do better as far as getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but – 
you know, Jay Cutler did a fine job of handling that, and he was able to get passes off and complete some balls down the field, and he was able to distribute the ball pretty well uh, between his receivers. So I think that if they maintain their execution but increase their intensity, that they could compete. You know, the Bears could compete, but I still don't think that their offense is diverse enough to be a premier team in yes. the league. Yes, so let me piggyback well, on that about their offense real quick. They basically have zero run game. Exactly. But, but <laughs> let me ask, best. right, with, those, with Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, arguably the best wide receiving duo, duo in the league, does it really matter? Especially now with the league continuing to move t- more towards a pass centric league, like I've said before. But you still do you have to need, establish do you, a run. Do you really, or you don't think that. You still have to establish a run. This is, the football is the same game. It's not changed. It's not going to change. Unless your pass offense is that superior, which I don't see the Bears uh, pass offense being that superior, although it's good. And you have a good quarterback, some good, good protection, good receivers. They would that that's not going to hold up against the Legion of Boom, right? It's not going to happen. So they're not that superior. You know, you're looking at the Super Bowl champs where the whole goal is to like win the championship, right? So if if you can't beat the guys that are the ones, usually the guys who win the championship are the guys who usually have like the number one defense. You know, the whole the old saying is the offense wins games, defense wins championships is yep. usually true. You know, the guys who have the defense that's shutting everybody down, you know, there's if you have a team that have a defense that's shutting the other can't offense score down, points, can't, can't score, score points, and then you have the offense is very, very mediocre. Not even mediocre, they have a guy that comes in and just kicks a field goal and you win the game three to zero. Well you win that game at the end of the day, because that defense shut the other team down. Right? So I don't see the Chicago offense beating or dominating even close to anything that resembles a premier or elite defense in the league. It's just, I just don't see it. Unless their intensity steps up a level and they start to execute in their running game. Their running game is less, less medi- very mediocre. It was. I mean, it was, but I don't agree with that at all. Like, I feel like, number one, like, I get the whole defense wins championship things. And, again, I'm not just trying to go back to the Jets because I'm a Jets fan. But, like, a few seasons ago, we had the number one defense for, like, three a few seasons in a row. I forget the exact number, whatever. But we didn't win a championship. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. like But you also have to have some sort of a good right, offense, but that's what too. I'm saying. I'm saying that... But that's kind of getting I, back to basics, though. That's kind of like okay, right. you need that defense just to get. You need where you're the defense. Go. I understand that, but I think that with that said, the Jets were terrible in a lot of ways. But I feel like our defense is kind of good, and I feel like Jay Cutler, seeing how he he changed his game and his mentality from last season to this season, and it's working, and they're beating teams like the Packers. I mean, the Forty ers and the not the Jets, but they're beating bigger teams, and then it's not going to their heads, and they're staying strong, and they're staying confident, and they're still. I think we're going to see a lot more out of the Bears than 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 you're leading on. I think they're going to make it pretty far. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they're a pretty solid team. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, after tonight, they were one game away. They're one win away from being the first team in NFL history with 750 total victories, including postseason. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty major. Yeah. It and is. I think... It was, it was, you, got, you got to also remember that Jay Cutler is was what going into this game he was six and one um, in Monday Night Football starts, <laughs> you know. So this guy has an, a very impressive winning record when it comes to performing on Monday Night Football. And Brandon Marshall was injured. He went into the game. He went out, but he came injured. Back, but yeah, came out. Alshon Jeffrey didn't practice in a couple practices earlier right. this week, so we didn't really get to see their full potential. Yeah, well, because I know. I mean, you've seen them play before. I know that that was not their best performance, even though Jeffrey had eight receptions for 105 yards. Like right. he still had a great game, but. We didn't see their no, full we didn't see their full potential. Extent. And it's funny too because, you know, being a Jets fan, like you know the teams in our division pretty well, like the Dolphins, and when Marshall used to play for the Dolphins, it was like he was always a threat, 
But I feel like he's he's grown into a better ball player now too. Um, and you did he wasn't you could tell there was something going on that he was a little bit hurt tonight. But he's got maybe it's just like a better fit on a different team. But he's got you know like I feel like he's got a better he's doing better there. There were a lot of missed opportunities on both sides True. of the ball tonight too. Antonio Allen missed that easy interception. I mean he should have had that ball. And then I mean, there the was Bears missed a couple of interceptions. Yeah, too. that's what I'm saying. Uh, on both sides of the yeah. ball, both teams, there yeah. was a lot of that missed opportunities. Right next to the sideline, when who was that? That fumbled that ball Nelson. right next to the side. Yeah, right next to the sideline, went out of bounds. But he, he fumbled like, that ball right next to the sideline. And then the, you know the the the, the refs missed um, missed a couple of calls as well. There was another fumble that I think Love was was with Jay Cutler Harris, where he actually fumbled that ball. Yeah, yeah, and they gave it back to them. Well, the Jets got the ball, but they were... Did the Jets get the ball back on that? The but they should have been ball, able... But it should have been a touchdown. And right, like, because they ran it back and okay. they, they called, which oh, is, just Jets ball. Which is crazy for me because now with all this, like, you can call to New York and get all this, like, different review stuff. It's like, even though the whistle was blown, there was clearly no one around him. And he clearly got a touchdown from that intercept. I mean, from that fumble. So it's right. like, why won't they overturn that? You know what I mean? Like, why, why, why really wasn't that a touchdown? Well, was that the one where it was there was only two minutes left? No, because no, you this can't. Was earlier in the game, it was earlier in the game, and he they fumbled. They took Harris nobody, but on. nobody um, challenged it, so that's why they didn't overturn it. We did challenge. No, they there did challenge, challenge it, and they got they the reviewed fumble. it. Yeah. yeah, and they got it so that it was a fumble mm-hmm. because at first it was they thought that he was down, yeah, that he had got a down. leg down, yeah. a knee down. But it wasn't, so we got the fumble. But in getting the fumble, what happened with the fumble is we picked it up and ran in right, for a touchdown. Right. So why doesn't but, but that? That didn't count though because they were trying to determine they had blown the whistle. Right. Which was, is kind of like if you're going to yeah. correct the play, correct the whole play. So yeah, yeah. it kind of because because to be honest with you, because they could have said, well, we called the play down, so he could have got ran down by another player. But in reality, he wouldn't have got ran down. Like no, there's no one around. He picked him. that ball up. There's nobody around. Plus, he had another player running with him that would have. Probably blocked any player that would have got close to him. He would have scored a touchdown, or at that. least right. like something like that, yeah. give him half the distance to the goal. Exactly. And again, I'm not just saying it because it's a Jets thing. Like you see no, no, stuff no. like that I, happen, yeah, and it's like the refs clearly messed up. Yeah, but there's nothing in place. And we are we're seeing so, all these changes with so these what rules. So what happened after that? What have to happen after that? We got a field goal. <laughs> Bless yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, field we goal. And they, took the ball from, they took the ball from that point right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really whack, I, and that's one of the horse crap. Uh, that's one of the things I'm not really appreciating about the NFL and how they, you know, all around. When they it need comes some to consistency. it's like kid gloves played with quarterbacks and then the, the mistakes quarterbacks make, and I don't know. It's like I feel like they do some voodoo trick when it comes to like looking at quarterbacks. They train them to look at quarterbacks a certain kind of way. Like, look, quarterback is just another player on the field, just like any other player, except he just is the first one to touch the ball after the snap, and he just throws it. You know, like these guys, if they fumble the ball, they can fumble the ball. These guys are not like like uh, beyond making mistakes kind of thing. And I think there's this perception that we have of QBs needs to like be thrown out the window because obviously this guy fumbled the ball. Just like if, if I, honestly, if this was another player who had fumbled the ball, just like Jay Cutler had fumbled that ball right there on the spot, they wouldn't have blown the whistle. This guy would have picked the ball up and ran in for a touchdown, and it would have been that. So if you think the only reason, or if it would have been a running back, if it would have been a running back or a receiver who fumbled the ball just the same way that Jay Cutler had, they would have just picked the ball up. They would have just kept playing. But they have like this whole thing about because you think they were worried about him getting hit. Well, they have this. That's part of it. He's down. Is he down? Because they feel like quarterbacks are more trained than the rest of this. This is BS. No, it's just like protect the quarterback. Everything is about protecting the quarterback. There's there's a psychology that quarterbacks are more trained, or just no, not even that. Just more trained football players than the rest of the guys on the team. It's not like. The, you know, because they're the ones that are the they're in charge. They're the field generals that they're that they're prone to making less mistakes, which is horse crap. Right. That's well, they also had say. that pers- uh, the pass interference call that was questionable. I don't think it should have been a call. I think it should have been an offensive, if anything. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They're hooked in. I mean, yeah. he would the uh, offensive guy was hooked over him. You know, yeah. it was just call- calls like that. You know. Could go either way, yeah. or 
it's clear and they just I don't know they don't want to he played too that happened Darren Wallace he played awesome and he was in because Milner was out because it was her ankle he stepped up that boy I yeah well another guy who's not I guess not necessarily stepped up he stepped up last week is Kyle Fuller the corner for the Bears two interceptions last week another one tonight he is kind of been taken under the wing of Charles Tillman, who's out for the season. Mm. And he had also two. He had the two fumbles. He caused them. Yes. Both. Yeah. Yes. So this and this was their first round pick. Like this guy is a clear, like a very young rookie. He is such a dynamic player, though, to watch him. Right. I personally can't wait to see what he's going to do. I think he's going to develop into. Maybe like a a Richard Sherman. I mean, he's already that kind of a, um, you know, like I said, a dynamic player where he's making these big plays and they're eventually going to stop throwing to his side because of that. And they were saying again on the post-game interview on ESPN how I think Ray Lewis even said that he's a ball magnet. Some guys are just like that. that. And you can see that out on the field. This guy is just comes with the intensity and... He definitely, in my opinion, was the X factor for the Bears on defense. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Especially with their depleted secondary. I mean, there's so many injuries. And even today, a couple people got injured. Yeah, there were a lot of injuries today. Yeah, it kind of sucked. Yeah. (laughs) I hate seeing guys get hurt. It's not the way you want to see the game go. You want, you put your best against the other team's best, and then... But, you know, it is what it is because that's the nature of the game. So, Well, you know what? I hate to see stuff like – I hate to see, like, the Eric Decker situation. It's like clearly he's doing well. Clearly he's, like, a new guy for us. He's given new life to our offense. And he was out. You know what I mean? He had a hamstring injury. They put him in, and then he's out again. So it's like instead of resting him – for one more week and then maybe him being really healed and able to play it's like now he re-injured himself and now what how long is he going to be out for now you know what I mean it was just like man and of course when he was in he made some great plays and you get really excited but it's like you know to to have players go in and out for the same injury that was there the previous week to me I think is just a little bit of poor planning Yeah. yeah Well, I think maybe their idea was we don't really have anyone else Eric Decker kind of is their number one player on he's offense at least right he's their now. number one their number one receiver. receiver yeah so i think maybe their thoughts were well we don't really have anyone else so let's yeah. you know he probably said you know we i'm sure thaddeus you felt this way if you ever had an injury like just let me play just let me play even though you know maybe you shouldn't be i'm sure it was that mm-hmm. yeah you know and guys, guys, that's play, coaches guys play hurt too. all the time and Guys don't play injured all the time, but they still play injured. You know, injured is when you're supposed to not be playing. You're playing hurt. It's the nature of the game. You're going to play hurt. You're always going to be recovering from some bone bruise, some muscle bruise, some pull, some tear that you just got to get treatment for and just, you know, just tough it out and play next week. You're always going to play the game of football hurt, but you're never supposed to play injured. But I like that. You know, the, oh yeah, that's the. I like that, Daddy. That's really, I, I like know, that. When you play injured, now you're actually yeah. sacrificing the well-being of the group because. That's exactly why it pissed me off. When you're injured, that means you really can't bear, or your body can't actually perform to the level that it's supposed to. Playing hurt means you suck it up and be a man, and you get your ass out there and you you play. You know, and you're going to suffer and you're going to have pain. That's because it's a full contact sport. But playing injured means your body just is you're not in a position like, say, you have a ligament tear or a muscle pull or something. Now you're injured. You can't, your body just can't do it. Right. There's a difference between playing hurt. Hurt is a mind over matter. Right. Injured is your body is not going to be able to do it right. because it's broken. <laughs> it's a yeah, big sweet. difference. You know, it's a big difference. And I, I think, you know, a lot of guys don't want to, you know, if they're injured, they, they, they oh, you know, some guys are, some guys are going to go out there and play. I, I heard a story about Ronnie Lott, how, you know, he had like dislocated his, one of his fingers or something during a playoff or a Super Bowl game. And they said, look, you can either come out of the game or we can clip the tip of your finger off. And <laughs> yeah, and he was like, this is the freaking Super Bowl or whatever. And they, he was like, 
cut this shit off and he had them cut his finger off it was like the tip of his finger and he kept playing because it's like how often am i gonna be able to do this in my career i'm in the freaking super bowl right now that's crazy but you gotta think like <laughs> I don't it, know that's an injury I, I, that's the story i've heard about i'll verify it and bring it back and you guys you fans out there you might have like a blister on his you guys are calling you guys can call in right now 424-256-1729 424-256-1729 look this up on google or something but this is something that i heard about ronnie lot and this is something that's like not uncommon like you know cast it up and get back out there and play like this is a once in a lifetime cutting fingers off. okay but this wasn't a once in a lifetime opportunity they were just playing the bears yeah, week just three saying, I'm, just to, I'm just trying to get your mojo no no i get that like, i, I you know, totally get that yeah um, that's what's going on. <laughs> Thanks for telling us how you really feel. Come on, there's, there's levels you're, to this shit. Okay, there's levels to it. You're talking games. to me, the number one Laker fan. Kobe Bryant plays hurt all the time. Okay, football. And he's basketball the number. Okay, the but he's the number one example oh, for right, someone right, playing right. hurt. He's always got tons yes, of injuries, he, and he, he plays does. through it. That's true. He does. So I get that. Like, yes. And maybe Eric Decker made the wrong decision. Maybe the coaches should have said no. Bro, sit down. Let me tell you something. If you believe in your guy that's the number one guy in your squad and he's like that number one guy at that position, most players or most coaches, I should say, believe in that player that they can go out there and perform and make a play at 75 or 70 or 50 percent better than the backup at 100 percent. That's just the psychology of a coach. It doesn't really make sense, but that's just the way it is. It's like, oh, well, you're... You're 70%. Get your, you know, get out there and, you know, because they believe that starters have intangibles that supersede what the backup can do, even at 100%. Right. Fired up and ready to play. It's just, it's weird like that. It doesn't really make sense. It's not really logical, but that's just kind of the culture. Right. Well, the Jets play the Lions on Sunday. Before we move on to that, <laughs> I have a really, uh, if you're a Jets fan out there, you might not have known this, and I didn't know this, and I learned it today, and it was exciting, that Rex Ryan actually started as a water boy for the Chicago Bears, because his father was mm-hmm. the defensive coach. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that before. I knew, I like, of course, it's a family of coaches, but, and that, with that, there's only five father-son duos in the league. Which I feel like there would be more. And two brothers. <laughs> no, he's, no, well, he's talking about the Harbaugh's as well. Oh, the Harbaugh's, yeah. yeah. Well, and the Ryan's, too. The Ryan's, the Ryan's, too. Ryan's and the Harbaugh's. Yeah. Like, Seuss has a brothers yeah. that well, we um, that were aware of, yeah. I thought that it was, you know, interesting that he started as the water boy. I didn't know that. It's good. Work your way up, man. Yeah. It's, it's like the... She showed me her boobies and yeah. I like them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe everyone else knew that, but I thought it was really... Uh, that's cool. No, I is. love Rex Ryan, man. I want to love him. I Even with him. his foot fetish? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're going to go there. Okay, I had so, to. So the Jets, what, who they play next they week? They play the Lions on Sunday, so they got a quick turnaround. Okay, so the they, Lions play, are, they play the Lions next week. Who yeah, wins that game? The Lions. I'm sorry, Steph, but the Lions are probably oh, going to whoop your ass. Is there a little tally? Like, Is there a prize at the end? Or Yeah, bragging rights. All right, just for bragging rights, I totally have to. hundred bucks. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going each. uh, I got to go with the Jets again. Okay, and who do the Bears play next week? The Packers on Sunday. The Packers won that game. I go with the Bears. I don't know. I feel like the Packers have been struggling. They're not, you know. I don't know. Maybe they're they're not dominant. Where's the game? Where's the game at? I think it's in Green Bay. That's the Green only. Green Bay takes that game. Yeah, That's, I'm gonna take you. Take the Bears. I'm gonna take Green Bay. Who are you gonna take? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Bears. You oh, take the yeah. Bears. So both of you are the Bears. I'm on Green Bay. And last week, I think we're all unanimous because the Colts whipped Carolina's ass like 44 to 17. Yeah. And the. Philly like uh, won thirty-seven won. to thirty-four against the Redskins. That was a great a, game. A win is a win, but they squeaked that one out. Yeah, and everyone chose them winning in their matchups, right? Right. Well, yeah, we chose. We both chose. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think the Bears win against the Packers next week, and That's okay. and I don't think the Jets win against um, Detroit next week. Well, next week our Monday night matchup 
is the Patriots and the Chiefs, Jeez. which I think is going to be an interesting um, game. Uh, I wonder who's going to win that game. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa! I think I honestly think it's the fall of Tom Brady this year. I swear. I'm on that boat. I'll take the Chiefs too. I'm just, I'll take the Patriots. Uh, just to make it interesting. But um, we do have some news. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's go into some news. Oh, you know what else? After Buzz TV News. You guys might know this already, too. Go but ahead. did you know that it's 40 years for Monday Night Football, and the Jets played the first Monday Night Football game? Does anyone know who they played against? The Jets played their first Monday Night Football game. The first, like, of mo- when they thought, like, oh, let's try out this Monday Night Football thing. The Rams. No. The Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns. No way. Yeah, and the Browns won 31 to 21. That's anyway, funny. that was my the other The Cleveland tidbit. Browns against the New York Jets? First Monday Night Football. That was 40 years ago? Yep. 1974? Cool. And who was, the, who was the quarterback? Was it uh, Broadway Joe? Or was that, it probably was because we won the Super Bowl January 12th, 1969. Jets vs. Colts with. I so want Johnny Manziel to be the next Broadway Joe. Oh, no, no, no. Stop let's, it. Let's stick to news. news. What's wrong? What's yes. wrong with that? Let's, let's not talk about Johnny football that, unless he he's that, on he our Monday Night flavor. Football. He has that flavor. I want him to be there. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, Steph, enlighten us on some of the news you were talking about earlier. So, we all know by now what's been happening with the Adrian Peterson thing. Um, you know, he Nike pulled the sponsorship. He's not playing Whack. right now. Yeah. Whack. Um, an interesting fact came up today when I was researching some stuff. Apparently, Hope Solo, uh, the goalkeeper of the women's national soccer team. Wasn't she with that uh, uh, tight end from... Yeah, she's married to a football player, I think. Yeah, hey, Jeremy something. Yeah. yeah, but the news is, apparently on June 21st, she had a, de- a violence dispute um, with her nephew and her half sister, and it left scars on her uh, her sister. There was bruises on the nephew, and apparently, in that situation, people are starting to be like, "Well, why is Hope Solo playing? Because she is scheduled to start um, the next soccer game." And apparently, with her court date, they actually pushed the court date off to accommodate her soccer schedule. So she's not set to appear in court until November 4th with that she's able to play until then. So a lot of people are starting to compare like, oh, so since it's a dude and a football player, he's going to get all this stuff taken. But since she's not and, you know, she's a woman, Nike hasn't pulled sponsorship from her and she's still playing. So I think it's a very interesting conversation that somebody, Mm. you know, started having. Hmm. I I think that it's not right. It's, yeah, everyone it's re- should be treated fair, especially that there's a child involved. Right. I mean, children are innocent; they can't really help themselves for most for the most part. So, yeah. to say that you agree that you don't think it's right for this father to discipline his son the way that he did, but you're saying okay, it's fine that whatever happened with her and her nephew, we're just going to, you know, forget about it. That's you're, you're contradicting yourself. And yep. why would anyone believe in you as a corporation? If you can't yeah. and stick Nike to the has, same morals, Nike so has Nike, yet to respond. So about Nike that. sponsors hope solo. Yeah. And they haven't pulled anything. No. Well, um, the other interesting thing, <laughs> there are circumstances that are just so blatantly obvious about why certain things is just like, okay, why, you know, bring it up. But I mean, there's, no, I know what you you're, know, I know where you're going and you probably don't want to go there. I don't because it's, it's <laughs> you just, can. it's just so old, even though it is what it is. It's just, this is, it's just old and you know, right. it, you know. Whatever. And the other thing that stood out to me in, in my research today and watching pregame, I thought it was interesting that the NFL, I don't know if you saw this too in the pregame show, they were talking about David Nelson from the Jets. It was like the one of the few times. I mean, I know a lot of football players do good stuff, but there was this whole segment on him and how he's been to Haiti and how he has this place in Haiti where he he was there visiting and then there was these nine children that he heard of that were very sick and he's went there and he's created a home for these nine children. He's in, him and his brother in the process of adopting these children. He got like a Haitian woman um, to take care of them. So it was really interesting that like all this stuff is going on in the NFL. So here pops up like a feel-good story about a player that 
that's doing something, which I've never really, you don't see that a lot. You know what I mean? They have to do something. Yeah, it was was like damage control. Yeah, it was really damage control. And I, you know, it was a great story to hear, and I loved it, and he's a Jet, and, you know, you're you're proud of your players. Too bad he can catch the ball tonight. But I I thought (laughs) it was very interesting that that was, like, slipped in. To, to the mix of the pregame plus, show tonight. Plus uh, Steve Biscotti, the owner of... Um, Bishotti? Bishotti, yeah. I said, yeah. I said Biscotti. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. That was weird because I was drinking... Anyway. Um, and <laughs> the beers were like, Biscotti, Bishotti. Anyway. So, yeah. They were saying that Ray Rice will never play for the Ravens again. And apparently Ray Rice's camp is supposed to be falling in a pill and doing this and doing that so he can actually, you know, go back and work again, which I think is very interesting. And they're saying they never saw the video before. Now they've seen the video, blah, blah, blah. And everybody smells caca and lies and BS with this whole scenario because it's kind of like, really? You didn't see it. You guys didn't have access. You guys don't have that much juice or that much power within your own community to know what's going on with your own player. And then blah, blah, blah. When actually the law enforcement agents that were involved said, yeah, the actual tape was leaked to the the actual tape was given to the team. So it was kind of like, he actually on on He actually, in his interview, I don't know if you saw it, he actually said, he's like, I apologize. I should have subpoenaed that video. I just didn't think about it. Like, that was his excuse. Yeah, but the whole thing is, they already said, what's funny is, oh, yeah, but then I should have subpoenaed it. Like, like, nice try. We already know that you know, just like the law enforcement agency said, they released the tape to you guys so you guys can right. see it for yourself. You know, I get it. You guys are trying to protect your commodity. You're trying to do what you can to protect, you know, your... It was just, your, honestly, his whole I, speech, I just, it was a know. lot of deflecting. It was a lot of saying, yeah. oh, these people said this, these people said this, this, this is not true. You know, and it's just... I don't even want to hear any more about it until the real evidence comes out and they, yeah. you know, figure well, it out. Seen the evidence. Well, okay. He, he, no, I'm talking about if they've they seen the video or not and all that kind but of stuff. I don't yeah. ever think that's really going to come out, whether they actually saw it or they didn't see it. Well, they're now, right. they're, now they've already said that he's suspended indefinitely. He can never play for the Ravens again. They may consider sometime down the road him coming back and being an advocate for uh, being against uh, in, yeah. talking to the players and some he's kind of program example. of against being talking against defense of yeah. uh, domestic abuse or whatever, blah, blah, yep. blah. But at the end of the day, they're trying to say basically his career is over with the Ravens. And at the end of the, you know, if and if the if the league wants to really uphold this, will he really be able to get a job anywhere no. else in the league? No. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you guys knew about this. Everybody else knew, but it wasn't known to the public that you guys knew. Well, so that's now, exactly. Now that everybody knows that well, we know. Now same, we, we could go on about this for hours. I got one more interesting. Talked about that like Wait, last two weeks ago. Or I've three got weeks one ago. more interesting piece of news. Yeah, go ahead. Us, as we've also covered Hard Knocks earlier, Hester got his. 20th I know. Punt return, return touchdown. touchdown. It was Broke pretty the record awesome. that he was tied for. That was really exciting now that I'm a Falcons fan as well. So I was very excited about that. That Julio was pretty Jones cool. Congratulations, Hester. Catch. But you're still not Deion Sanders. Uh, well, he just <laughs> actually moved in front of Deion Sanders for the Week record. Week four. Yes. I won't be here. I won't tight. be here, but my no. lovely guys will be holding it down for Tina me. But you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Tina Cap. And you can find me at Instagram and Twitter at clubthaddeusngqjedi.com. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter as well at I am Steph Z with an F. Like Frank. See you next week. J-E-T-S, Jess, Jess, Jess. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.